More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the Tuesday edition of the program. Much to discuss, but big news uh, that we've been arguing for here on the show since certainly last week, maybe even the week before. The Biden administration, under pressure from a bipartisan coalition of Republicans and Democrats in both the House and the Senate that was demanding it, has officially decided to sanction Russia as it pertains to oil and gas purchases, meaning that we will no longer purchase Russian oil and gas. Uh, What that will do to gas prices remains to be seen, whether or not, and we talked about this a lot yesterday, we are able to replace that uh, 600,000 or so barrels of oil that we were buying a day from Russia, in particular uh, with either United States domestic oil production increasing or potentially Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Iran. We don't know where that money might be coming from exactly, but that was just officially announced. And effectively, that was Biden trying to get ahead to look like he's making that choice as opposed to Congress forcing him to make that choice. But it took almost two weeks for those sanctions to officially be put into place. And to kind of put it into context for you guys, given the fact that we are giving billions of dollars to Ukraine, we were giving billions of dollars of Ukraine uh, to Ukraine to fight Russia while simultaneously giving Russia billions of dollars to fight Ukraine We were effectively funding both sides of the Ukraine-Russia conflict. This will, in theory, create a one-sided side. We'll be on Ukraine's side going forward. Now, the challenge will be, how do we make up for the oil and gas that we're not going to be getting from Russia? How quickly will the rest of Europe follow? Uh, Much of Europe, it sounds like, is saying, well, we can't get to this until the end of the year. And one would hope that this battle between Russia and Ukraine is over far before then. We have a new all-time high 
in the cost of a gallon of gas for all of you out there dr- uh, driving around. I believe it has now hit an average price nationwide of $4.17. If you heard us talking with Trish Regan yesterday, she said possibly the, the cost of gas could be going to $9 a gallon. So big takeaway here. The question is, what will this do to the price, I would say, of the average gallon of gas for the average American out there driving around filling up his or her car uh, all over the country? We don't know the answer to that officially because we don't know how much of this gas we're going to be able to source elsewhere. You know, they sneered at Trump, Clay, in 2019 when he said that Biden could drive the price of gas up to $7 a gallon. They were, they yes. were, that was just, Trump is so full of it. He doesn't know any. You know, they all sneered at him. They sneered at Mitt Romney when he said that Russia was a geopolitical threat. I just want to note, has a single of the commentariat, the journos, the foreign policy establishment, who are all just laughing, you know, wearing their top hats and their monocles, drinking their lattes at the think tanks. They don't actually wear top hats, but you get what I'm saying. Laughing at how foolish Mitt Romney was. Do any of them feel at all chastened by the reality of geopolitics and also by the reality of in, of, of electing Joe Biden who part of his pitch, we have to remind ourselves, was, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down COVID. Remember how many times he repeated this? Oh, yeah. That was Uh, his pitch. That was the big line. Turns out, didn't shut down COVID at all. We reached all-time high COVID cases while Biden was president, and now we've reached an all-time high in the national average gas price, Clay. And I'm worried that we may reach an all-time high in the U.S. inflation uh, inflation number and that we might start seeing unemployment ticking up and we might start seeing the beginnings of a recession. And this is where I think everyone has to be. We have to be very clear eyed as we look at this, because I can tell. And as we've said, it's getting uglier in Ukraine as it as it was inevitably going to more civilian casualties, more awful things happening. People are starting to say, would, would Putin really fire at us if we had a no-fly zone? I mean, he wouldn't fire nukes at us. Would he even fire at U.S. jets? You're, you're hearing this talk more out loud. That's one thing you have to keep a very close eye on here. And the other is, okay, everyone thinks, like Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert said that, you know, I'll pay a dollar or so more. Did you, did you see this, Clay, last yeah, night? Yeah, he said he'd pay $15 a gallon here, if he needed here we go. to. He Since the invasion, car. oil prices have skyrocketed. Today, the average gas price in America hit an all-time record high of over $4 per gallon. Okay, that stings, but a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. I'm willing to pay... It's important. It's important. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. Stephen Colbert is worth close to $100 million for everyone listening to this. So it's not a surprise that he takes that position, Clay. But I want to know, is is it worth it if there is a recession? That means that millions of Americans can't pay their bills, that the drug abuse, alcohol abuse and suicide rate goes up noticeably in this country is that is that worth a clean conscience, as he says? I mean, we really have to look at what the the possible cost of this will be. It's it, this is not give a penny, take a penny at the at the local grocery store. Well, remember, Mayor Pete yesterday said that the solution to people who were being uh, struggling with high gas prices was to buy an electric vehicle. 
And, I mean, we should be calling him Mayor Antoinette uh, because that is very Marie Antoinette of him, that your solution to the tens of millions of people out there, when gas prices go up, that represents a massive tax, default tax increase on the average American family out there. And when you're talking about $4.20 a gallon gas uh, and way over that, way over $5 for many people out there, this is money that comes out of the overall ability to take care of your family. This might be money that you don't have the opportunity now to take your kid to go to uh, to get a uh, pizza, right? You don't have the opportunity uh, to go out and uh, and eat at a restaurant. You don't have the opportunity uh, to, to live the life that you would like to be living if gas prices were normal. And the more you drive, and again, this is significant. Lots of people don't think about it, but many people live substantial distances from where they might have to work because they can have more affordable housing further outside of the city. So overwhelmingly, the cost of gas uh, increases is borne by the people who can least afford to bear them. And so when you have Mayor Pete saying, go buy an electric vehicle, or you have Stephen Colbert, patron saint of left-wingers uh, in comedy, saying, I'll pay $15 a gallon gas. Yeah, you're rich. Both of you guys are. You have luxuries that others do not. It is a level of tone deafness that is remarkable for a party that used to define itself by representing the working class. You also see something going on in, in the background, and you step back from all this, Clay. We have government policy right now that is driving down through treasury spending, right, through through federal government spending, driving down the value and the purchasing power of the dollar. That's what inflation is. That's what's actually happening. So they're making the dollars that people work for and have yeah. less. Now, if you're, you know, in Russia, they call them oligarchs. You know, here we have... Very successful billionaires. But if, if you're in that situation or worth $100 million or $50 million, it doesn't matter to you. But to, you know, 99%, maybe 95% of the country, something like 7% inflation matters. But they're driving down through government policy the value of the dollars that you're earning and in your bank account while simultaneously artificially reducing the supply. And this is why the Biden administration, because of their climate change religion, doesn't want there to be more drilling, doesn't want there to be more fossil fuel production at home. They're driving down the supply of what is most necessary for a modern economy to function. So through through decision making in D.C., they're making your dollars worth less, which means that you're going to also have and they're making less energy supply for everybody, which means that everything is getting more expensive on both ends. And by the way, you've got a supply chain issue and by the way, you've got market based issues that are going to get worse and worse as people realize, is it even possible for me to operate my business this way? Is it even possible for me to continue? And this is because of government policy. Yes. And Buck, it's going to get really tense for Joe Biden as we get closer and closer to 2022, because you look at and I'm putting them in the moderate Democrat camp, Joe Manchin, uh, uh, the uh, the senators from Montana. Uh, the Democratic senators from New Hampshire, Georgia, the people who are going to be Nevada, who are going to be in really tight re-election fights, they are going to be desperate to get energy independence. And this is wild to think about, but all of Joe Biden's agenda, to the extent that he still has an agenda, I think is going to boil down to a large extent 
to the price of gas and to overall inflation. And, Buck, we don't know how high this is going to go. I mean, I would encourage people. I don't want there to be a run on gas. But sooner rather than later, the de- the way that gas is moving, we talked about this yesterday. The price of gas went up 40 cents in a week last week. It was the second highest weekly increase in the history of American gas prices. I can't imagine that the numbers are going to be coming down in terms of what gas is going to cost you a week from now based on the decisions that we are making. And I hope we don't get here. But remember, and I, you and I were too young. I don't, You weren't even born. You missed the Jimmy Carter era. Uh, I was born in the last year of the Jimmy Carter era. But there are a lot of people listening to us right now who remember the oil crisis of Jimmy Carter. And the more and more you look at the Biden administration, I think we owe an apology to Jimmy Carter because... Biden is far more incompetent on far more different levels than Jimmy Carter ever was. I mean, I would, uh, in terms of being able to understand complex issues and make the right choices, I would rather Jimmy Carter in his day, maybe Jimmy Carter today, even at his age, be making decisions than uh, than Joe Biden. In fact, I mean, it's 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 just an outright disaster where we are right now, and I don't see it getting any better when it comes to what gas is going to be costing the average American out there. How could it get better? Let's think about this. What are they doing that's going to make it better? Tell us to use less energy? Go get an electric car? These people are imbeciles. Yeah, I think the only way it could get better is if we got a resolution in Ukraine sooner rather than later, and then you had an inflated hot. uh, I I meant their economic policies. Yeah, even still, there's nothing the Biden administration is going to be able to do. I don't think that's going to make the price of gas better. Uh, And that's why I'm. I I feel for everybody out there because I think we're headed towards. $5 $5 gas, $6 gas, $7 gas. I think it's almost an inevitability unless the situation in Russia and Russia and Ukraine ends. But I don't have any sense that things are getting closer to a conclusion here. If anything, it seems like we're getting to more of a uh, dangerous era in this conflict where we talked about this before, Buck, and we probably should talk about it more today. I'm worried that Putin, because things are not going well enough for him, is going to accelerate what he's willing to do. We're already seeing that to a certain extent. But the analogy I would use is the guy who loses the fist fight sometimes comes back with a bigger weapon. And everybody out there who's been in high school or seen this kind of thing happen, knives, guns, I feel like at some point the fist fight turns into a knife or a we gun can come fight. Back to this and that's and I know we're, we're, about to, we're about to run into a station break here, Clay, but the Russian Air Force is either incapable of doing complex... Uh, operations, complex strikes, which is possible or has been held back in reserve for the next phase. It's one or yeah. the other. want to talk to you guys about Pure Talk. Uh, we want you to be able to save money. You just heard us talking about how much the price of gas is going up. It's got people looking at the price that they're paying for so many different of your weekly and monthly bills. And one of those that all of us just about pay, cell phone. What if you could save a ton of on your cell phone bill by paying 50 or $60 less per month might help you deal with the overall increase that's going on right now in the price of gas. Well, you're going to get the same quality with Pure Talk that you do at AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. We got a talk from, uh, we got a note from a Pure Talk customer who wrote saying, I finally made the change to Pure Talk after hearing it advertised on the radio. Cut my phone bill in half. Customer service, very helpful and friendly. And right now you can switch from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Only pay for the service 
service you need and want from Pure Talk while keeping your exact same cell phone if you want to and your exact same cell phone number. In fact, one of the plans from Pure Talk has unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data for just $30 a month. How do you get hooked up right now and save a bundle as you are potentially paying way more for gas from your cell phone? Dial pound 250, say Pure Talk, and you save an additional 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. Dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show is rocking and rolling. Thanks for being here with us. 800-282-2882 on those phone lines. Remember to go, go to clayandbuck.com for transcripts of the show and check out our podcast, The Clay and Buck Show on the iHeart app. The Buck Sexton Show podcast comes out in the morning. A little preview, perhaps, of some of what we're going to talk about on the show and an appetizer for your ears. Um, and we want to hit an all-time high for Clay and Buck downloads this month, please. So make sure that uh, you help us in that goal or else. Because I want to go to a Texas A&M football game. Now I'm getting choosy about where we go. I said, uh, Uncle Clay, I want to go to a Texas A&M football game now after my time in Houston. 
So we're hoping to get that done next fall. But two number things one recruiting class in the nation, Bucks. So there's going to be a uh, a lot of good Texas A&M Aggie football in the years ahead. I think you'll have an awesome time there. I mean, count me in. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so every SEC football game I go to, when I'm there, of course, that is my favorite SEC team. That's the way this works. So I'm excited. Yes, just like you're a, a yearly free agent. Yeah. So. Here we are now in the midst of two things going on in the background of all the all the stuff with Ukraine, the war, and everything. We'll take a, a pause on that for a second. You have the final stage of COVID restriction and regulation and all that. Almost gone everywhere, although not everywhere. So let's remember that. There's still some random, arbitrary, and capricious COVID restriction. And anyone who says, oh, Buck, this is not my problem, really, go fly in a plane. Go fly in a plane. And you'll still have people walking. You'll still have them over the loudspeakers. Mask up between bites. You're like, what? There is no such thing as a mask that is effective when you mask up between bites. But we'll get into that in a moment. First, I want to talk about the the controversy surrounding the quote. They're calling it the don't say gay bill. Now, that is the terminology of LGBTQ plus activists to attack the bill and to attack Specifically, the Ron DeSantis component, or rather Ron DeSantis as the governor of Texas, and whether he will sign this or not. It's actually called, a lot of people will be hearing this at first, the Parental Rights in Education Bill. And what's happened is LGBTQ activists have dubbed it the Don't Say Gay Bill. Here's what it actually does. You cannot teach in the state of Florida under this bill lessons about sexuality, sex, sexual orientation and gender identity to pre-K to third graders. That's what's actually now. Now, I would go beyond just that's entirely reasonable to why the heck would someone be outraged at the notion that you shouldn't be teaching the school? Parents can teach their kids about these things as they see fit as parents, right? That's that's part of the parental rights in education. Parents should have that conversation with kids Clay, why would someone want to, as a matter of state policy, instruct five-year-olds in sex, sexuality, and gender identity? You're a parent. I'm not. What, what do you think about this? I mean, to me, it strikes me as what the heck is wrong with these people? It seems very reasonable not to be having those conversations with kindergartners and first graders and pre-K and second graders and third graders, to me, as a parent, in school. But if you disagree... The great thing about being a parent is you are not limited to what your kids learn in school. You can sit down and have conversations with them about any number of subjects that you feel are important. To me, and I've raised three boys or working on raising three boys. My kids are 14, 11, and 7. There are conversations, this is not going to shock anybody, that I can have with a 14-year-old and that I need to have with a 14-year-old that are totally different than conversations that I can have with a seven-year-old. And this is crazy. I mean, trying to think how to phrase this without uh, without getting uh, the case there's young kids out there in the car. Santa Claus for kindergartners, first graders, second graders, and third graders is a big deal. That's a normal conversation that you have. You're excited for Santa Claus to come to town. That conversation for a ninth, a tenth, and eleventh grader is totally different, right? Take it outside of the realm of something that's culturally charged and just talk about how you discuss Santa Claus with young kids compared to what you would say with teenagers. 
This doesn't seem like a crazy idea at all. And I think it's evidence. This is what I think is going on. I think that Democrats are so utterly aware that they're going to get destroyed in 2022 that they are desperate to find something to attack Ron DeSantis with in Florida as the governor's race comes up there. And so they are manufacturing issues because they totally failed on the biggest issue, which is COVID. And this is why I think ultimately maybe the Supreme Court is going to give Democrats a little bit of a gift here as it pertains to the timing of the uh, of the Roe v. Wade case that they're hearing with Mississippi and Texas. Because if they make a big decision there, and by the way, I don't think it's going to be a big decision. I think they're going to uphold Mississippi and strike down in some way what Texas is doing. That's my prediction. But Democrats are desperate to find something, Buck, to hang their hat on other than COVID, other than the border, other than the murder rate, other than Ukraine, and other than what's going on with Afghanistan. And so they're going to go all in on issues like these and claim, oh, Republicans are awful reprobates for not wanting to talk about gay issues with kindergartners. That's the line they're going to try to play, and they're going to argue it's saying something that it isn't. This is the only time you've seen uh, recently some kind of pushback to parental rights. Parental involvement in education has been a huge winner for Republicans now, stretching back for over a year. We saw this because of what parents saw during COVID, critical race theory training, the shutdown of schools, the masking of kids, all of this. It has been the GOP that says, hold on a second, parents should get more of a say here. Parents should be able to speak out of the school board meetings. Then you had the Biden administration putting out that weird memo about uh, you know, DOJ under the, under Biden that we, this is essentially like domestic terrorists for these parents to show up, and there's FBI agents looking into this, which was completely outrageous and should be remembered going forward as we see a lot of the tactics used to silence dissent in places like Canada. They'll do it here, too. But, Clay, here is Ron DeSantis, who is not going to – he's just not going to – you know he's not going to take it. He's not going to yeah. take it anymore. Sorry. Whatever. You know what I mean. He's not going to take it on the lies here uh, about what the don't say gay bill uh, is. Because first of all, it's not called that. It's the parental rights and education bill. So I'm sorry to use it. But just to see that propaganda lines caught on. People are going on marches now just shouting gay, gay, gay. There's video of this out there. Ron DeSantis is like, stop lying about this. Parental rights and education, what critics call the don't say gay bill is on the Senate. Floor. Does it say that in the bill? No, that you support. Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you. I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because I'm you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. Well, it says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For grades pre-K through three, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says. It's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. So, Clay, I mean, I, you know, first of all, Ron DeSantis is great when it comes to dealing with the media and their fake narratives. But I mean, I even think I'm not a parent, but I remember. Uh, I think I was I think it was the third. It might have been the fourth grade. I remember the first time I had, you know, the, the birds and the bees talk and it didn't come from my parents. Initially, it came from an old a student a year ahead of me who just randomly were out going on the sports field. You know, were playing like, uh, you know, kickball or, or soccer or something. He grabs me. and He goes, do you know where babies come from? And I said, <laughs> no. And he goes, it's when you poke a lady in her belly button, then a baby comes out now. 
technically not really true, but then I went and I had a talk with my mom and my dad yeah. and I and they kind of explained where babies came from. It turns out not from just the belly button. But <laughs> the point being that's, you know, parents should be involved in that. I always remember. I was like terrified. I was that's like, pop really quiz. I'm going to fail. Um, anyway, <laughs> but you know, I want to talk to my parents about this, but I feel like for so many people, that's. You know, there are sensitive sensitive issues, things that come up, and, and that's where parental rights come in. No one's saying you can't teach about, you know, safe... You know, they, they did. I remember this. they did this in my high school, safe sex practices and all that kind of stuff. I think we were uh, freshmen in high school. Sixth grade, when I was in grammar school, we had some health class where they got into some of this stuff. It's just about the age. Five, six, and seven-year-olds? When I, you are... Yes, that's exactly right. When you're hitting puberty... It's important to have biological conversations with kids about what is happening to them. That doesn't happen in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. My wife is great on uh, topics like these because that's the other thing is you should let your kid choose their gender and respect it when they're like in first grade. That's an argument of transgender advocates. And my wife, we were having this conversation. It's like, I don't let our kids pick what food they eat in first grade because if they did... They would pick uh, candy, cake. Uh, you know, we don't allow kids to pick their meals when they're kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, and we're going to allow them to pick their gender. And certainly, if we're not allowing them to pick their meals, we don't need to be having a larger conversation about society and sex roles uh, for young kids. But again, this is the desperation because I think, look, the Democrats are aware, even though they won't acknowledge it that they got crushed on masks and that they're wrong and that the vast majority of the American public, team reality as we call them, has lined up. And we need to play uh, the ridiculous clip uh, from the new New York City mayor here, maybe in the next segment, about what's going on there. Democrats are aware that they lost the battle on whether America is an awful racist place because parents don't believe that and they don't believe that they should their kids should be being taught that, which is effectively what critical race theory is. And so they're looking for something in the classrooms where they can win a battle to try to change the narrative of what is going on in public schools. They're going to lose this one, too, I think. But there will be you say Disney's getting pressure. Have you seen this? They want Disney to speak out and say something about this Florida bill when I think most people out there listening, regardless of whether you're a Democrat, Republican or independent, if you've raised young kids, preschoolers, kindergartners, first graders, second graders, third graders, they don't need to be enmeshed in human sexuality discussions. Yeah. And also, I, I if I were a parent, which I'm not yet, but if I were a parent, I, I wouldn't want some bureaucrat randomly being the one that introduces my child to this kind of discussion. I would want to have some time period as a child grows and develops a little bit where we could have a, you know, father, son or father, daughter, etc. discussion or, you know, mother, son, mother, daughter. We'll come back into this in a second, though, on the masking of children um, and how it's still going on in New York City schools. Then we've got a guest who's going to deep dive for us into where are we now with the China reaction to the war in Ukraine and how would that affect Possible plans for Taiwan. That's just at the bottom of the hour. There's no substitute for family and the good memories of shared times together, particularly those most important cherished moments. Legacy Box is the company here in America that does the best job of digitally transferring those moments and memories that you have on videotapes stored up over the past 30 years or so. So many people have saved every one of those video cassettes thinking one day, one day you'll get the gear, you'll transfer it yourself. Now, come on. Here's a better idea. 
Hire Legacy Box to do this for you. It's so easy. I've done it. My family's done it. My brother did it for my parents. Right now, Legacy Box is running a $9 videotape sale. $9 is all they're charging per videotape to hand transfer each of your videotapes, no matter the length of the tape. If you have 10 tapes to transfer, that's $90. 20 tapes, $180. You get the idea. There's never been a better time to convert your entire collection. Legacy Box makes this easy. They'll ship you a box to fill up. They'll ship it back. You ship it back to them in Tennessee. They go to work hand transferring with real care all of your tapes. Then they ship it all back to you along with a video link online for you to see those family movies again. Or you can get it on a thumb drive or DVD. This deal won't last forever. Act on it today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Buck and shop their $9 tape sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash Buck to get this great first-time offer. What is China going to do as U.S. sanctions escalate against Russia and as the conflict in Ukraine continues to become more violent and threatens to bring in further outside actors? What is China doing in the midst of all this? We've got somebody who's thought about, written about this a lot. Stephen Mosier, president of the Population Research Institute and author of a dozen books on China, including his latest, Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. Stephen, thanks so much for being with us. Well, it's good to be with you guys. So you had a piece in the New York Post uh, just a couple of days ago. With U.S. distracted by Ukraine, she is plotting his own invasion. We've been talking about this possibility for months. How sure are you that that is the Chinese strategy in response to Ukraine? And what indicators are we seeing? Well, we're seeing for the last few years, of course, uh, multiple indicators. We have uh, repeated incursions. I think we're up to a couple thousand incursions by Russian uh, Chinese fighters and bombers into Taiwan airspace. Uh, we have repeated threats from Beijing that if Taipei were to move in the direction of independence, declare, declare independence, that that would be a red line that would trigger an invasion. And we see the building up in, uh, of an amphibious force for the first time in China, which is what they would need to uh, to invade Taiwan on the beaches. So so there are all kinds of signs. And actually, Xi Jinping is behind schedule because the emperor of China said he was going to retake Taiwan by 2020. It's now 2022. It seems to be the attack seems to have been delayed by his uh, releasing a, uh, a uh, bioweapon on the world, killing six million people. Um, so he's pushed back his timetable. But make no mistake, he wants to be the great unifier. Uh, just as Vladimir Putin wants to uh, reestablish the old Russian Empire, so the leader of China wants to take back all of the lost territories, first and foremost Taiwan, but also there are lots of territories around China's periphery that once belonged to the Chinese Empire that I think Xi Jinping would like to get back. Some of them are in, Ch- in Russia, by the way. Would we see a major uh, national response, international response, I should say, akin to what we have seen with Russia invading Ukraine if China invaded Taiwan? Or is China's position in the global stratosphere of economic uh, relationships so much more significant that there would not be an ability to isolate China and impose sanctions on them? Well, that's a very interesting question because uh, Xi Jinping is looking at Ukraine as a test case and judging from the reaction of the West what sort of reaction he's likely to get if he moves into Taiwan. Now, I would argue that Taiwan has much more strategic significance uh, 
than Ukraine does, because Ukraine is a grain basket. We feel sympathy for the people of Ukraine. But look, 94% of the chips in the world are made in Taiwan. If you lose Taiwan, you lose the vast majority of the chip manufacturing capability of the world. And China engages in economic warfare. Uh, look at what they've done to Australia. They've banned 16 different Australian products. Uh, so they, they would not hesitate to use their control of chips to, uh, to dominate other countries. And then if you, if Taiwan falls, you give the Chinese Navy open access to the Pacific and the next stop is Hawaii and the West Coast to the United States. Right now, the Chinese Navy is hemmed in by what? By South Korea, by Japan, uh, by the island chain down to Taiwan through the Philippines and into the South China Sea. If they get Taiwan, uh, they have deep water ports. We're speaking to Stephen Mosier. He's president of the Population Research Institute. He's got a piece with the U.S. distracted by Ukraine. She is plotting his own invasion in the New York Post. Stephen, how do you think? I mean, we're watching right now a contest between a relative superpower with Russia, certainly a regional superpower against what had been and is a an outgunned and outmanned Ukraine. But Ukraine seems to be, by most analyses, although there's a lot of back and forth on this, punching considerably above its weight and causing real problems for the Russian invasion. How do you foresee an actual Chinese invasion of Taiwan going? Is it possible that Taiwanese could also put up a very stiff resistance that might not just complicate things, but even thwart China's ambitions? Well, I think we ought to complicate things for China right now. I think we ought to clearly uh, arm Taiwan. And uh, to the point where it becomes a, a kind of porcupine and any invading force that comes across the Taiwan Straits would uh, wind up with a bunch of quills in their face and a bunch of ships on the bottom, the troop transports on the bottom of the Taiwan Straits. So what's in Taiwan's favor is that 77 percent of the people of Taiwan say they would take up arms and fight against the communist Chinese invaders. Number one. Number two, they've got a 90 mile wide moat which is a pretty good moat, and amphibious landings are not easy to carry off. We did it in World War II. We've had a lot of practice. China has zero uh, practice in that regard. So they could go badly very, very quickly. Um, so I think those things are weighing in, in uh, Taiwan's favor. Uh, against that, of course, you'd have to say, as you pointed out, uh, China has a population 10 times that of Russia. It has a, a, an economy 10 times that of Russia. It has a much larger navy. Uh, so that weighs in, in China's favor. But if things go badly for Putin, and I kind of suspect they will, uh, that he's going to reach some sort of compromise, withdraw his troops, uh, then Taiwan uh, is going to be safe for some years to come. Um, make no mistake, you know, Xi Jinping has much grander ambitions than Putin does. I mean, Putin wants to be, you know, the reincarnation of uh, Peter the Great. He wants to reestablish greater Russia, you know, striding ruthlessly over greater Russia's imperial domains. But Xi Jinping, like Chinese em em emperors past, is pursuing a much more grandiose vision. Uh, he wants to rule over all under heaven. That's what Tian Xiao, which is how you say it in Chinese. All under heaven means literally everything. So he doesn't want, he won't be satisfied with just Taiwan. Uh, he wants to extend his reach throughout Asia. And, and I wouldn't be surprised now that Putin is the supplicant in the relationship. Now that Putin uh, and Russia are the junior partner in the relationship with China, uh, that, uh, that, that he wouldn't want to encroach on Russia at some point as well. So Putin ought to be careful. He's in, in, in dealing with Xi, uh, you know, his frenemy, right? His frenemy, friend or enemy, it can switch from day to day. He has to be very careful because China has global ambitions. 
Stephen, how would we commit troops, actual boots on the ground troops to defend Taiwan, in your opinion, because we have the strategic ambiguity policy, which is constantly being sort of hemmed and hawed on, but we've never really said. And if we did, would South Korea, would Japan, would Australia, would any European countries, and how quickly could we get there in the event of an invasion Kind of take me into China begins the invasion and the United States does what? Well, I, I wrote a book about this called China Attacks back 20 years ago. <laughs> and, of course, it was a novel, but I, I sort of imagine how the attack would take place and how we might get involved. Uh, it, the, best, the best way to defend against a, a Chinese invasion of Taiwan is simply to put the Seventh Fleet in the way, have the Seventh Fleet patrolling. Uh, the Taiwan Straits. That's what we did in the in the offshore islands crises in 1958 under President Eisenhower, former general who knew what he was doing. Um, he was asked uh, about an invasion of Taiwan, and he said, "Any invasion of Taiwan will have to run over the Seventh Fleet," and it never happened. Australia and Japan have both said that they would contribute to the defense of Taiwan. So there's already a kind of of uh, uh, alliance forming, which has upset China. Uh, China's foreign minister just said yesterday that he's very upset about the fact that the U.S. seems to be creating a, a NATO in Asia. Well, we're not creating a NATO in Asia. My goodness, the Chinese Communist Party is creating a NATO in Asia by being constantly aggressive against its near neighbors and forcing them, countries like India and and uh, and uh, Japan and Australia, to join together and ask us for help. So they're forging the alliance that they claim to be threatened by. Stephen Mosier, thank you so much. His piece is up on clanbuck.com about how Xi Jinping is preparing for his own invasions. We are all focused on Ukraine. Stephen, appreciate the expertise. Thanks for being with us. Good to talk to you. There are some expenses associated with your car that you can't control, like the current cost of filling your tank. It's going to get rough. But there are other expenses you actually can have control over. One of them is vehicle maintenance protection plans through CarShield. Whatever the mileage is in your vehicle today, it doesn't matter. It can be 1,000 miles or 200,000 miles. CarShield has monthly coverage options for all budgets. And they make it so easy to get your car fixed. When it's time for needed covered repairs, you choose the mechanic you like, and CarShield administrators take care of the rest. Plans through CarShield also provide rental car options as well as roadside assistance, and that's included in your plan. CarShield has helped millions of drivers to date, making them America's number one auto protection company. Now getting coverage is easy. Contact CarShield for your free quote, then tell them about your vehicle. Finally, choose the type of protection you need. That's all you got to do. If you like your car and you don't want to replace it, get coverage today. Go to carshield.com slash Clay and Buck or call 800-391-8888 to save 10% on your plan that's carshield.com slash Clay and Buck, or call 800-391-8888 to save 10%. A deductible may apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. We are getting some some breaking news here about a pretty major decision by Poland, and it is just breaking, so we'll have more details and, and more verification of those details coming up here later on in this uh, in this hour. But right now, it seems that Poland is going to and Clay. Correct me if any of this, because you're you are doing the breaking news read through yes. the break here. That Poland is going to be sending a fleet of MiG fighter planes to Ramstein Air Base in Germany, which is a U.S., a major U.S. air base in Germany. And from there, it is believed that there will be Ukrainian pilots who enter Germany and then fly them into Ukraine for use over Ukrainian airspace. Is that is that what the breaking news is? Yeah, that's what seems to be occurring here, uh, because there's been talk about Poland providing planes to ukrainian fighter pilots to be able to go head-to-head with the russians for air superiority and then yesterday if you remember buck we had this conversation where i said wait a minute why would russia not go ahead and bomb poland if they've got jets that are there that are otherwise going to be handed over to ukraine so it seems like the solution now is for these jets to instead go to germany and theoretically for ukrainian pilots to travel to germany to a Rammstein uh, Air Force Base or Rammstein Air Base, put them in those planes and then fly them to 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 Ukraine. This is but, this yeah. is Poland essentially saying we don't want to be the ones yes that are handing the the fighter planes over to Ukraine to shoot down Russian planes. That's exactly what these MiG fighters are for. We're going to hand it to the Americans on German soil in a NATO country and basically dare Putin to do anything about that. I mean, it's it's an escalation. I don't think Putin is going to go 
after Ramstein Air Base directly. That would be an act of war against the U.S. and Germany. Therefore, NATO, Article 5, everything would be triggered. But we're, we're, this is, this is a, a big move, folks. This is not, you know, I'll put it to you this way. How do you think the U.S. would have responded? Just, just to take it out of this context, uh, how do you think the U.S. would have responded if Pakistan was providing fighter planes to the Taliban against us and pushing those planes across the border from Pakistani air bases? I, I think, you know, granted, now Pakistan is a nuclear power, by the way, uh, but I, I think we would have viewed that in a very hostile fashion, although the Pakistanis did do a tremendous amount of damage by assisting the Taliban and preventing, pre- giving them sanctuary. Yeah, Bin Laden managed to stay right. hidden. In, right, in, 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 in Abbottabad. No, there's a, a whole thing. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if, if they had openly said, yeah. we're going to provide the Taliban with 50 MiG fighter planes to shoot down American planes in Afghanistan, that would have been a big problem. No doubt. And... That's the perspective I think you have to look at this. What we keep doing is just inching closer and closer, Buck, to the idea of being directly involved. Because if I'm if I'm Vladimir Putin and his advisors, I am seeing what Poland is doing to avoid us being able to go after those jets in Poland. And they're calling the bluff and saying, hey, you're not going to be able to fly into Germany and go get these planes. But the United States is effectively handing the keys to a ton of fighter jets, to Ukrainian pilots that they're going to then take off and fly into Ukraine to battle against my Russians, uh, Russian fleet. I'm starting to think, hey, the United States is effectively involved in this war. At some point, support, and I understand you can argue, well, there, there were not boots on the ground, they're not direct U.S. soldiers acting, but at some point, the support becomes significant enough where you argue you are a combatant here. Some weeks ago, a listener here finally decided to do something about the nagging everyday pain that he was experiencing. Woke up sore every morning, all result of uh, all result of too many years of overexertion, work, home routines. They had to find a solution, but they're not that easy. That's why this listener tried Relief Factor. Created by doctors and perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Relief Factor was made for you. With four key ingredients, Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product which addresses joint pain, knee, hip, back, neck, and shoulder pain. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. About 70% of them go on to order more. If you're currently in pain and have a 7 in 10 chance to eliminate it, those are pretty good odds. What do you have to lose? Go check it out today. Join the more than half a million people. Order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. That's relieffactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.